Hello and welcome once again, this time to episode six of uh, Take Two Movies podcast uh, with me, Andrew. And me, Charlie. And, uh, and we're uh, in the week six of the 52-week movie challenge, which we've just been having a, a bit of a chat. We've had a couple of delays in there, so uh, we're not going <laughs> to add the numbers of weeks that we take off into it. That would just be mental. But uh, we're, we're six weeks in. We've watched uh, some great movies so far. And this week, um, we were watching the made-for-Netflix Spanish thriller in its own dialect. So we had to pick a movie that had subtitles. We picked a movie called Gun City. And uh, and I, I it, it was a tough, it's a tough old watch. Maybe it was a not grind. because it was a grind. <laughs> Jeez, <It's>, uh, <laughs> you've already said this could be a challenging week. So uh, so uh, let's get into it. Tell us, uh, go go for it, Charlie. Give us the the classic Henderson uh, synopsis. Tell me as much as you can tell me of uh, about Gun City for anyone who might not have watched it. Um. Okay. Jeez. Okay. Um. <laughs> I've dreaded this. For so long. Okay, so it's 1920s Barcelona. Um, um, and, and there's like a... <laughs> is, that, is that it? That's all I know. There's a, there's a train robbery and they, these, these people, they steal some weapons from this train, right? Yes. And then... And then... Um... Um... I'm not. I'm genuinely not even for anyone who's listening, thinking that I'm like taking the mic. I'm not. Like this is how tricky this film was for me. What? What? Um, let's let's right. So that, and I think this is this is the crux of the matter, right? Because this is properly like the most complex film we've had to watch so far. I didn't get by it. an absolute. I, mind. I don't understand. <laughs> so what? What? What was it that made it so oh. complex? Do you think? Um. I mean, right, so subtitles played a part in it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, sure. I mean, it's always tricky to watch. I know. I remember we had this discussion with Citizen Kane. It's tricky to watch a film in what black and white. I mean, it's even harder to watch a film in subtitles, especially yeah. when there are bar- barely any subtitles spoken. And the majority <laughs> of the movie is just people walking around and doing strange, familiar glances and holding guns to people's heads, which is what a lot of this movie <laughs> was, right? Is that is that fair to yeah. say? So Yeah, well, it, it's... <clears throat> I mean, it's... It, it's more there's more nuance in the acting than dialogue yeah absolutely 100 percent um <laughs> that was one part to play the other part was that there was way too many characters who were not developed at all barely um <laughs> yeah. that was also very tricky oh and we were never actually barely told their names so um yeah which didn't help the fact that they were they were obviously from spain um so it was kind of like guy with mustache number one Guy with mustache number two, <laughs> guy was not because that it was just gangster number three. It was it that was another factor that became tricky to understand, um, and then yeah, the main thing the main thing was that for me was characters, and I didn't really know any characters, so I couldn't really root for anyone, so I wasn't motivated to watch it. So I was ah, okay. I didn't care, <laughs> you know. Okay, so I will tell you what I'm going to do. I I. So I, I totally agree with you in terms of how complex it was. I actually really enjoyed the movie, and we'll come we'll come back to that. Um, okay. But it's it was it was really really complex, so complex, right? That I have got my my notebook in front of me, and I had to take notes throughout, especially at the start. You're absolutely right, especially at the start because there were <laughs> so many characters getting thrown in the mix, and I thought I don't even know if that 
person's name has been mentioned yet. So I don't know who they are, but I know what they look like, but I don't know if they're going to come up again. So I just started scribbling, scribbling, scribbling. So I, I might have a better handle on it. I've also done a diagram. I mean, that's how bad it got, right? I've drawn a little like spider diagram about two-thirds of the way through trying to connect how everybody was connected between like the different yep. bad guys and the different well if there were any good guys i don't think there really were any good guys but it, it's, <laughs> exactly. it's so uh, i might actually take a photo of that and send it to you and tweet it and i've also made like mistakes on the diagram as well horrendous mistakes <laughs> and so so i'll tell you what let me let why don't i try and summarize a little bit and if anything rings a bell then just give me a verbal thumbs up in some way yeah that if you if okay. you remember it so okay go for it you, you 1920s Barcelona, you are bang on. Um, it is, and it's a really important time in Spain's history because there's a significant union uprising. There's a lot of rebellion against the way the government are doing things. Um, and the uh, stealing of the weapons, the main concern of the police there is that the weapons are going to fall into the hands of the rebels and the unionists. Mm -hmm. And the cops are trying to deal with it, but the cops themselves are fairly corrupt. Uh, they're not exactly the most trustworthy or responsible police that you've ever seen in your life. They are joined by uh, an, a person who they believe is another cop, the main character, whose name is yeah. Uriarte. Um, mm -hmm. And he is very much moustached man number one. He is the, the main actor in it. Um, but he is very kind of silent and brooding. And you know, very kind of, he's clearly got a dark past, and you don't it's very mysterious. Um, he joins them, kind of work, works with the police, but then over time, there's elements of double crossing because he becomes quite supportive of the unionists. Uh, the unionists are connected to the anarchists, who are like the rebels. But there are some unionists who don't want to be involved with the anarchists and just want to get a good deal for the factory workers. There's other anarchists who are you are you drinking from a straw? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. My sister made me a drink, so I'm just I'm I, don't, I, can't, I, I don't I can't it's edit just, out. I can't edit out the odd slur. <laughs> sorry. It must sound really disrespectful that you've made all these notes and tell me and I'm like, no, it just it just sounds like you've decided to try and go through the whole movie again as I summarize it. Have you got like a bowl of popcorn there as well? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then, and then it's a really difficult scene. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. On, uh, on that, there's also a local, like, almost mafia leader who runs this entertainment club, and he's, uh, he's, I mean, I don't know who, he's kind of supporting both <laughs> of them. I don't uh, know who he is. And he's got a bodyguard who protects him, who's quite an intriguing character called the Majorcan, but you don't find too much out about him. And there's also a dancer who performs for him, does loads of shady stuff for him, and is trying to escape from him. Uh, and then you, you get even more in the movie, and then the factory owner is introduced. There's this kind of elite factory owner who's also an, a, a bit of a kind of bad guy figure. And, and I think that's the, the challenge with the movie is there's so many bad guys, there's so many characters involved that... It's, it's really, really hard to know who to root for. It's really, really hard to know who they all are. Um, mm -hmm. And therefore, it makes it hard to... I thought it made it... It would make it hard to stay invested if you weren't, mm -hmm. like, 
uh, properly tucked up on caffeine, totally up for <laughs> Um, totally. Does that sound like a reasonable summary? Yeah. So I yeah I started this movie. I started this movie like last week for a wee bit, and then couldn't continue it so much so that I had, we had to cancel last week because I just could not get through. And I had to like, scroll back, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, excuse me, I can't." Like, um. So then I kind of re- had to restart it again this week, and then it got to kind of. I've literally binged a lot of this this morning. So. Oh okay. Like, okay. Yeah yeah. So I I'd like. <laughs> So I'd like so even so even that it's even though it's fresh in your mind. Yeah, I still <laughs> they still don't make, cause, yeah, because it was tough to understand. It because it was so anyway, right? So it was last night and I'm like I'm like, all oh, right, so I really need to sit down tonight. Not no 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 PlayStation, just sit down and watch this. And I'm and then all these because it was like a big it was like this big DC event last night. It was like oh, oh the, okay. the Batman, Suicide Squad. And, I was like, and then I was like, oh but and and like I couldn't do you know I mean like I couldn't so I had to watch the majority of it this morning because there was so many things that I guess what I'm trying to say is it didn't capture me enough to watch it. Like do you know what I mean? Sure. If I if I'd stumbled across this on Netflix, watched five minutes of it, I literally would have like forgotten about it. Yeah, right. Got you. Yeah, yeah Got that's you. what I'm trying to say. Okay. So what so for you, what were the problems? You talked about like kind of too was it too many characters or was it underdevelopment? What what were the main problems? for you with it that, that stopped it from being interesting um so what so this movie of course opens up with the train robbery right and then it goes leaps to a guy basically saying to mustache guy number one that that we have to find these guys before the rebellion kind of starts this 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 and this but yeah hold on a sec right we don't know who mustache number one guy really is like yes we know he's a detective duh but like we don't know i mean we don't know we don't really have yeah, a hint, yeah. you know. We don't know what the, you know. We don't know this government chief guy, and then it just cuts to a guy being abused quite badly as well. And I was like, yeah. I was tempted to just turn it off because I was like, and obviously I would have had to go back to it. But I was like, do you know this is this? We we don't even know the main character yet, and you've already beaten a guy quite harshly, and yeah. that maybe and and like a good torture scene's fair enough if if we know what the guy's being <laughs> if we know what the guy know one who the guy is. Two, who's torturing him, and three, why is he being tortured? But we knew none of these, so instead, it just felt like I tuned into torture channels. You know what I mean? And I was like, "Well, what's?" And then it suddenly jumps. Instead of explaining who they've tortured, it jumps to a nightclub and just women dancing. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, hold on a second. Go back. Tell us." And then by then, I was just a bit like, "Oh God, jeez, you know, like just." I guess I'm trying to say that yeah, characters weren't developed enough, so I was never invested in them. I couldn't have cared who died or lived or whatever at Got the end it. of this movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm That's getting nice. a pretty good. I think I'm getting a pretty good idea of how you're feeling about this movie. I just feel it was a bit of a waste of time. I had my my expectation was kind of high. I was like, I like the idea of a 1920s Barcelona setting and like mobsters and maybe they'll do but, but well, it was what, just... what about that side of things what about the the look of it because that's a important right about a period drama we've watched the king's speech mm-hmm. which um we talked a little bit about how the king's speech looks but actually a lot of the king's speech even though it's a period film a lot of it is set in either the palace or um what was i gonna say or the the room that the yeah. uh, lead characters practice getting over the stuff the, the stammer in Whereas there wasn't that much outdoors, there was the occasional scene at, at Wembley at the very start and in the palace, outside the palaces. 
But uh -huh. um, this one was much more, you know, it really explored the city. It was out and about. And of course, this is a city that's obviously, you know, a lot of it was being replicated using digital technology. You know, Barcelona is a very modern city, so there's no way they could have filmed it uh, in Barcelona <laughs> as it is now. What yep. did you, what did you think about the way the film looked? I thought it looked. I thought it looked nice. I, I mean, I thought they captured that 1920s. I mean, I was. <laughs> I never went to Barcelona in the 1920s, um, <laughs> but I mean, it looked fairly realistic to what it would have been. I'm guessing, um, and you never felt like you never were like when you watched it. You felt like you were captivated in the, in the location that they were at, the setting. But I would say, costume wise, I did feel like every character was dressed the same. Oh, and okay, the, and the, and that that really put me off of just individuality and kind of you know you've got kind of the best characters have iconic outfits you know like that's kind of just the thing that you have to do when it comes to costume i'm guessing so right. here it was just like mustache man with hat in black suit yeah other gangster mustache man with hat with what black suit you know what i mean and it was like yeah. well, who who's even a good guy who's even a bad guy if they're all if it's a fight scene and they're all wearing the same stuff how do i tell do you know so here's just so here's a theory, right? Here's a theory for you to think about. What about if that was intentional? What about if the intention was actually there's no such thing as the good guys and the bad guys. This is about everyone's just as bad as each other. Sure. Okay. And therefore, we're not going to dress them. We're not going to dress the hero. I know it's really obvious, right? And and you everyone would see through this, but we're not going to dress the hero in white and the villain in black or anything like that, we're not going to make it that obvious for you. We're going to make it really difficult for you because it's about shades of grey. It's not about people. Yeah. You know, and, and there's various sides to this disagreement and these political problems. What do you reckon? Yeah, that ideology of just nobody's good or bad. They're just mixed. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, sure. That's I liked. I, I like that if that's. If that's the thing, I like that. But but here's the thing: I still want to know which character's which. Do you know? Like you couldn't, you can, yeah. What? Yeah, like that's a cool. It's a cool concept and of thing to do in a film. But but still, let me see if it's Mustache Man number one or Mustache Man number two. Do you know? Yeah. It's just yeah. I, I don't know. So, well, why did you why did you like this movie? What what made you be like yeah? So it's going to sound daft, but actually, some okay. of the things, some of the things that you're talking about, I quite like. So I like, I like it when stuff's a bit more ambiguous and a bit more uncertain. Okay. And um, it don't, I, I agree with you on the fact that there were so many characters, and that made it hard to watch. It's not an easy film to watch. No, no, no. Um, but I like the fact that I knew there was going to be twists and turns. And, I, and so I was kind of playing that game in my mind, thinking, right, well, actually, who, what's, who's he going to end up aligning with and why has he done that and what are the twists and turns going to be? Um, I, and, and actually taking the notes, I know it sounds ridiculous, right, because no one, I've never seen anyone sitting in the cinema taking notes with like a little torch and a pen. And it, it was, that, that probably indicates that it was maybe a little bit too difficult to follow. Yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to take notes if you you're probably watching shouldn't. But, yeah, actually, but the thing is, I felt the benefit of that. So like an hour in or an hour and a half in, I because I was much more aware of who the different characters are and what kind of allegiances they had, I was then looking forward to the ending rather than, oh, God, I can't, 
you know, not caring because I didn't, I didn't know who Person X was and what they'd been involved in previously. But that's mm. so. I, I, I suppose the the film was making me work harder. And we we normally think of films as being there for relaxation, right? They're recreation. Sure. They're, you, you watch a film and you want to just chill out and enjoy the movie. I sure. I quite liked being challenged by it in that way and thought, right, I can either I can either get on board and I can like really I'm really going to have to concentrate, or I can watch it and hope that I kind of pick up on all this stuff. But <laughs> I knew within the first five minutes that was never going to happen. So I don't I don't blame at all for for struggling through it because i think it, it's not by any stretch of the imagination a movie that's been made for like recreational purposes and just chilling out mm. on a saturday night on the couch no. watching this movie there's no way it's no. a much it's a it's a it's a more challenging watch but i also love it's it's um it's kind of reminiscent of a lot of have you heard of film noir as a, yeah, yeah. As a genre cool yeah so it, it's really reminiscent of film noirs, and you don't get a lot of those films made nowadays where it's really dark, it's really brooding, it's slow-paced, no one, no one's a hero, everyone could be a villain, there's, you know, everyone could be as bad as each other, and there's an element of mystery, and you know that there's going to be twists. Don't get too many of those movies. I remember um, Back in the, I was going to say back in the nineties, I think there was a movie released called The Last Seduction. It was called, and people okay. went. It was an in, independent movie, and it 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 was good, but it was good because it was the only film noir that had been made in like twenty years. And the same thing tends to happen now. You don't get a lot of these movies that come along, which are so many movies now are just geared to either entertain. Nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely fine. Or mm-hmm inform you know the documentaries the amount of documentaries that are out now inform nothing wrong with that absolutely great but they tend to be very blatant in terms of how they get their message across so either either because you know who to root for or you know who the good guys are you know who the bad guys are all that kind of stuff there's not a lot of movies made nowadays now which demands me as a watcher to think god i've really got to think about this what the heck's going on who's that guy and i it sounds daft but it's uh, it, that was something that I really enjoyed about it because it made me kind of work hard, <clears throat> work hard at it. Um, yeah. But I all, if, if I'm being honest, I also really loved the look of it. And I, I, mm-hmm. I was, no, no, I agree, I agree. Yeah, hey, it's quite a stylish, like you know. Although you're right, all the characters look the same. The style, like the suits, the costumes, the wardrobe, was just amazing. Like you know, some of the some of the outfits were incredible. And the look of it, and the way some of it was filmed, so there, there was loads of shots which were just like really long tracking shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when people talk about famous tracking shots, they tend to talk about like the opening scene of Goodfellas, which I, I don't know if you'll have seen, but it's a famous tracking shot following um, one of the gangsters through this the kind of back door of a restaurant into a casino. It goes right through the goes right through the. Um, kitchens and through the back doors and then eventually comes out into the the uh, the theater um and there was a lot of that in this movie and that just kind of lends that element of you know this is stylish you're meant to enjoy how this looks rather than necessarily be caught up in a high intensity story that's just going to go from thing to thing to thing actually just enjoy the look of it um mm. 
and I think it did all that stuff really well. I was interested because it, it it won, so it won thirteen awards in Spain, right? Jeez. What do you think it won awards for? Um, things like um, yeah, things like set design. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, so pretty- no, probably no best actor awards or best no. screenplay. Absolutely yeah. spot on. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, you're you're right. It's never going to win best screenplay because nobody yeah. says anything. <laughs> yeah. The writer, yeah. the writer yeah. must have thought That's, this is the best gig yeah. ever. What? Yeah. What the hell? Like that just. <laughs> but like, you can't have a movie where barely anyone says anything. That's not how it works. <laughs> of course like, you can. Of course you no, can. Because no, silent, right? Silent movies, fair enough. But not a movie as complicated as this. But if you think about, if you think about life in general, right? how much stuff is communicated with looks and body language and physicality. Yes, in life, than... how many people do you actually know? <laughs> you know? Well, I don't... Many, you, you don't make random looks to people in the street that you don't know. You make looks to people that you know, like people at work <laughs> well, and your wife. You know who they are. This, to me, was just random people looking at other random people. Well, I don't make random looks. I don't make random looks in Bell's Hill because I value my personal safety. If I just start like, giving <laughs> giving strangers in Tesco random looks, I'm willing to bet that's not going to end well for me. But you know what I mean, though. You know, <laughs> I do. I do. It's so oh, man. It's it just didn't make like. Why are you not develop like telling the audience who your characters are? Like I'm all for a mystery. Like I love a good mystery. Like yeah, my favorite TV show ends on a mystery, and like the whole thing's a, the whole TV show is a mystery. Like yeah, but you have to actually explain the characters in the mystery, otherwise, <laughs> it's just a double mystery. And like, no, the whole thing's a mystery. No one likes like I'm all like you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You can't have a the, the, the parts of the movie have to be a mystery. Not the movie shouldn't be a mystery. If that makes sense, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but <laughs> you know what I mean. It just it. Ah, oh, this film was just so like I would have like got to a stage where I would rather do homework <laughs> and being genuinely serious. Like that's how dull and bored I was because I didn't know anyone. I was like, ah, oh, just just another person would die, and then now now the revolution start. Oh, it's not started because there's this the only good bit. The only bit that was actually invested was in the was the cornfield uh, drive fight. That was cool. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, that was, absolutely. That was very well choreographed. Because I was like, because when that scene starts, they're just kind of driving through a kind of driveway, and I'm like, oh, this is such an intense place to have a to have a, a driving fight. Look, oh, this trees. I was about like, you know, they could have done this on like a, a road, and it would be like people dodging and this, this, this. But when they drove into the corner, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. That was a, good, a really well filmed scene as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a fight scene. In the, uh, which one? Because there was there was a, there was a couple. So there was a couple of gunfight scenes, but there was also like a physical uh, fight scene where the movie almost had like an Avengers Assemble moment, where oh, yeah. it, it brought together like three or four of the main characters who hadn't. Well, it brought it brought together Iruarty, the main character. Uh, sorry, Uriarty with um, the unionists and Sarah, the main unionist daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. in, and they were all kind of, you know, they were fending off different anarchists, and the rebels were having a bit of a, the rebels and the unionists were having a bit of a fight, and that's where Uriarty kind of stepped in and started helping them, and that that was quite 
a good scene for me because it, it, it kind of brought, I didn't know how those characters were going to be brought together and it brought them together and you realised, oh, actually, there's more to this lead character than meets the eye and he's actually not necessarily on the police's side here. Mm. Um, but uh, that and, yeah, the cornfield uh, scene was, uh, driving through the cornfield was great. Um, there was, uh, are there any, so if, uh, out of the characters, are there any that you would have liked to have known more about? Or would you have preferred they maybe focused on any particular ones? Yeah, I mean, I'd watch a, I'd watch a film about the prequel, kind of what what, what the, the the main detective's guy was maybe like, and how he's so kind of gruff. And but I mean, yeah. it'd have to make sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd have to actually understand, yeah, like more than one character, um, and and be invested in it. Like, but but um. But he kind of he kind of intrigued me, but not not to the extent that not to the extent that I would like immediately go to watch like the Hunger Games. Not to the extent that I'd immediately go and watch the second one. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, of like, course. What about you? I liked that there was a character called the Majorcan, who oh, yeah, was the, the, mm-hmm. like the henchman. Yeah. Um, but he was so he was kind of main main thug number one. <laughs> who worked for the um, club owner, who was effectively like the mafia boss, if you like. But what I liked mm-hmm. about the Mallorcan character was that I'm calling him thug number one. He wasn't particularly thuggish. He was actually quite classy and stylish. And mm-hmm. you kind of wondered what he, what made him in that position and all that kind of stuff. But he, he didn't, I don't think he got enough screen time because I would have been really interested by what his story was. And I thought there was going to be much more to him at the ending, but actually, his he he came to a fairly brutal end about uh, yeah. you know, before before the movie even got to the close, um, and so I was a wee bit disappointed because I would have liked to see more of him just just by the fact that he was so kind of quiet and mysterious, and yet obviously very confident, very kind of cocksure of himself. Uh, yeah. Would have been quite cool to find out more about that. If anything, it took. It was too much time focusing on the the group of cops, the the group of police who were kind of corrupt cops, but also a little bit bumbling idiots, uh, and kind of didn't really take them too seriously. As obviously they had, they had that the torture scenes that you were talking about there. Yeah, but I never just, yeah. just thought they were idiots. I didn't really feel oh god, these guys are terrifying. I just thought yeah, I never really you don't, you don't really get the impression that they knew what they were doing. No, um, that's not fair enough to say. Yeah, just a bit kind of. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, I was looking at kind of critic-wise what this was given, and it was oh, yeah. very mixed. It was like some people were like, so critics were like eighty, like seventy, eighty percent, and then people were like, and then like actual viewers, like, um, like me and you were like, it's like fifty percent, like forty percent. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, uh, which I'm not really surprised of, yeah. Um, because um, yeah, the things we've talked about, I mean, just yeah, this. Yeah, well, should, yeah, yeah. Should we uh, should we apply a rating? I don't know if we've got much more to talk about with Gun City, no, have we? Because it's which a, is really sad a because off. it was just so I'm exhausted talking about it, and I, I know <laughs> I'm pretty I'm really sorry because like I I pitched this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just ah, oh, just yeah. But this is this is why we wanted to do this, right? Because I, yeah. I wanted to do this because I, I thought I'd love to watch more movies, love to chat about movies with you, and would love to see more films that I haven't seen. 
Yeah. And, uh, and we're doing more and more of that now. Uh, and actually, the two movies that I've got to suggest to you, I haven't seen either of those either. So um, Good. that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, and, and we knew there would be some, there'd be some movies which we were rubbing at our hands in anticipation, thinking, oh, brilliant, can't wait to see this. Uh, and other movies that we, we would just probably slap our hands against our face, thinking, oh, my God, what have we done? Um, actually, that, but that does bring me back to a question. So I picked this movie out of, it was Roma or Gun City wasn't yeah. it, last week. And don't get me wrong, I am part of me is we're getting it a little bit because Roma is meant to be an absolute classic. So uh, maybe I'll need to go back and explore Roma. And I suspect Roma yeah. will probably be a better film than, than what we watched this week. Yeah. Um, but what made you pick Roma and Gun City? Because there's lots of other Spanish movies or foreign movies on uh, on Netflix or Prime. What what made you pick Gun City? From is it just you'd read the description or? So, um, so yeah. So I I mean Roma kind of was always I was always going to pick Roma just because it was I remember it being really big at the time, mostly because it was a, a Netflix film at the Oscars that that won. Um, yeah, yeah, and it was the first foreign language film in the best picture category, which I remember was huge um, for the Oscars. Um, so that was partly the reason I wanted to pick it, just because it was so uh, so so talked about at that time. Um, and then the reason I kind of picked Gun City was because everything about the description appealed the kind of nineteen twenties Barcelona thriller. Uh. Um, but I was never told in it that it's goddamn tricky to understand. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, I feel a wee bit cheated. Um, <laughs> you've, but... been, you've, been, you've been conned. You've been conned. Yeah. You should have said have this film's really uh, quite much slower than you'd expect it to be and has 18 central characters, which you'll, have, oh, which you'll struggle so to know the long. name of. It was so long. Um, it was a long, yeah, it was a good, it was a solid two hours, wasn't it? It was a long was a movie as well. Tough grind. Um, yeah, yeah, so I was a wee bit sort of um, cheated, but. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'll probably watch Roma sometime, but I mean, I'm not, I think I'm going to take a break from subtitles movies. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> just because nothing against um, the cultures that these are from, more just because it, it's effort. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think when it is, it, it does add an extra bit of effort, and I don't think there's anything wrong in saying that. It's um, yeah. in, the, in the book that we're, we're using for this challenge, it says, one of the questions was, do you feel subtitles lessen the overall movie watching experience? And actually, yes. in, yeah, in this instance, I, I kind of said, yeah, it made it, it, made it tougher. Because yeah. if, you're, if you're not listening to something in your own language, which is such a, you know, I take for granted just how easy it is. But if you've got your own language, then you can pay more attention to yeah. other things on screen. Um, yeah. And you need to be able to do that in a movie. If this movie had been in, if this movie had been in English language, do you think you would have enjoyed it more? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. Totally. And that's it. So really, you've yeah. only got one option. You need to learn Spanish. That's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> we will return in 500 weeks once I am fluent in Spanish, and we will be doing the podcast in Spanish. There you're um, talking. Huh? That'll, that'll be great for Juan and Pedro, our Spanish listeners, who've been, wow. crying, out, been wow. crying out for us to... Uh, <laughs> To do oh, some so cool. do some more Spanish podcasts. <laughs> Goodness me! I was about to say you're so stereotypical and racist, but actually, if you look at this movie, it's very stereotypical and racist. Yeah, exactly. 
yeah, the gangster like, guys. So I mean, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah. uh, should we, we, do, we should do ratings? Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Right. So d- well, let's have a quick review of what we've rated so far because okay, I'm a bit okay, concerned okay, this yeah. could end up. Uh, this could end up d- being the top. Being the top. It could be top. So we love it so much. 8.5 is still our best score for both mm-hmm. Green Book and The King's Speech. Got you. Um, then we've got uh, Citizen Kane at 8.25. We've got The Hunger Games at 7.5 and we've got Okja at 7. Okay. So uh, uh, go for it. Gun City, what are you scoring at? I'm giving it a 1. Wow. Genuinely. That's how uninvested... And bored I was with this film. But I would not recommend this film to anyone. I wouldn't. I just there's not a single person I would recommend this movie to. Amazing, amazing. So is it? Is it the? Because one's the lowest. Is one the lowest we can give? Can we give a zero? <laughs> let's say we can give a zero. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's see. No, no. Hang on a minute. I'm not saying. I'm not saying this film deserves a zero. That's mental. No, no, no. Neither but... am I. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Oh, so in the future. If we, just if, so that, actually, we can go lower than a one. Yes, right, we okay. can. Because I was going to say, does that does that make it the worst film you've ever seen? Uh, it's not. It's not the worst film I've ever seen. It's definitely the the. Uh, it's definitely the least exciting and least captivating movie I've seen in a long time. Is it the hardest watch of any movie you've had? You've had to watch. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't, because here's the thing, right? Normal movies that you find really tricky to watch, you're usually not invested in, right? So then you're not gonna really gonna remember it. So how do I know that this isn't the hardest movie I've ever watched? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Is that well, that's my other thing. If you, if, if, if it weren't for this, if it weren't for this podcast, I actually respect what you've done because you did, you did say, you know, I've I persevered with it and I just pushed through, but I did it because I knew we'd have to talk about it. So. Mm-hmm. Actually, if it wasn't for this podcast, would you have just watched, like you said, watched the first five minutes and then thought, nah, turn it off and move on to something else? Yeah, yeah, easy. And yeah. I wonder if that's that's quite interesting, right? Because the the reason you can do that is because now you can do that, right? If I'd, mm. and that's because you've got so many options with Netflix or Prime or what, whatever it is. If you if you if you access those subscriptions, even if you don't, right, you can go on iPlayer and watch anywhere between about 20, 30 movies for free. But mm-hmm. it, it's mental that that's changed because, again, I know I'm sounding really old, but like 20, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, if I'd gone and if I'd gone to Blockbuster, right, video store, and yeah. walked around and selected Gun City and taken it home, that was it. That's what I was stuck with. And I'd paid, I'd paid four quid for it or something. So I would be like forcing myself <laughs> to watch it because I'd invested in it, and mm-hmm. and that's really interesting. That now, I suppose that's what movies are trying to overcome is the fact that my God, if we don't engage people in the first five ten minutes, then it's so easy. All they have to do is press a button and change what they want to watch. That's how easy it is to to not like a movie. If I yeah. if I think about some of the terrible terrible movies that I sat through at the cinema. Uh, or sat through on DVD purely because do you know what I've had to pay money for this? Mm-hmm. Then that that's why I can relate and go well. There's you know there's this this in my eyes is not a bad movie. It's quite a good movie, but mm-hmm. it's 
it's it's amazing that it's such a challenge now because you know what you can go and just click a button you've got 200 300 other movies to watch if you want that's mm-hmm. uh, I, i've never really thought about that before um, and that's what filmmakers i suppose are are, are having to get their heads around as well yeah. oh, it's one one out of five right you? oh well uh, I'm, i mean i'm going to bump up the score but i don't think i'm going to be able to bump it up uh, to uh, I can't give it I can't give it nine out of five can I that's not going to bump it up to <laughs> top place so uh, no so I give it three and a half okay so three and a half for me um, okay. so I I actually would recommend it but only if but I would be having the chat with people about you know do you, do you like film noirs and is is that the kind of thing that you're into because I actually think it was a really really good film noir and I agree okay. if you're into those kind of films then that's okay, great. Yeah. So for example, yeah. I wouldn't recommend it to you. And that's not meant to be like disrespectful. I just know no, that no, no. knowing the kind of films you're into, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't even figure that would be the kind of thing you would fancy watching. But uh-huh. there are other people who probably would say, oh, actually it's worth a watch. Yeah, it's quite interesting. And Because uh, there will be people who love the costumes, who love the cinematography, who love the complexity of the story. But it, that comes with a caveat of yeah, it's not an easy film to watch. And like I said, any film that you have to draw a diagram for is yeah. probably not Saturday night popcorn fodder. No. Yeah. So, Gun City, four and four point five out of ten. Now, now propping up, um, propping up the the rest of the uh, the pile. Um, I'm trying to think. Did, so did I score that higher than Okja? Did I, yeah, so I gave that half a star more than Okja. That's going to depress you so much. I know you loved Okja. Yep. But this, was, <laughs> this, was, this was worse than Okja. Like, I can see how you didn't like Okja, but it was... Seriously? Oh, well. Yeah. Man, I just, I just need a... I, the, you better have selected a feel-good movie for next week. Well, I think I have. I think All I right, have. Good, good, good. So yeah, let's talk about that then. So, uh, stop motion movie mm-hmm. was uh, was the theme, uh, and um, we didn't have a huge amount of shout outs, uh, which either oh, means no. one of two things, right? Either, and, and we had a couple. So thank you very much to those of you who did. But either means two things. It either means people uh, have stopped caring, which frankly I wouldn't blame them. Uh, I mean, you, you, it's your podcast and you almost stopped caring this week. So, you know, we can't, we can't blame listeners um, for, for feeling the same way. Or people looked at that and thought, oh, uh, there aren't that many stop motion movies that, that they would recommend. Mm-hmm. So, um, and actually, I think it's probably because there is, there is like a core number of stop motion animated movies that people are aware of, like that have been big hits, like Nightmare Before Christmas or Wallace and yeah. Gromit. But actually, outside of that, there's there's not an awful lot of stuff on the fringes. So yeah. um, I have picked one kind of mainstream, quite well-known stop-motion movie. And I've mm-hmm. picked another one that comes as a recommendation. Okay. Um, so uh, let me see. So uh, in terms of shout-outs, I'll just do the shout-outs really quickly this, this week, Mike, because it's just uh, literally two, uh, one, one person threw out loads of ideas but sadly, they weren't uh, available on any of the streaming sites that we subscribe to. So they were Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, uh, Frankenweenie, um, 
couple of movies that all all have kind of really dark themes, but are animated yeah. and quite good fun. That uh, I remember mm. going to see Nightmare Before Christmas and loving it. Um, so thank you to Ashley uh, for suggesting those. Um, the uh, nomination that I'm going with actually came from uh, Alicia on Facebook. Mm. So thank you, Alicia. And that is a movie called Hell and Back. Okay. So animated comedy movie, Hell and Back, cool. stop motion. And I'll give you the summary from IMDb, okay? So yep. summary is two best friends set out to rescue their pal after he is accidentally dragged to hell. That's it. <laughs> that's all you're getting. So that's one for you to choose from. And the other one is... And I think you've seen this. Um, fantastic, Mr. Fox. Oh, it's a classic. It's absolutely... <laughs> damn, that movie's so crisp and awesome. Is it really that good? I've not seen it. Oh, I really love its animating style. So I'll, oh, I'll read the IMDb uh, summary from that. And Urbane Fox cannot resist returning to his farm-raving ways and then must help his community survive the farmer's retaliation. Brilliant. So those are your choices this week, mate. Uh, Helen Back um, or Fantastic Mr. Fox. What do you want to go for? I am I am easy ozy because I've not seen either and I'm intrigued by both. So I'm looking at the Helen Back poster and it actually looks really great. Like it just looks, <laughs> it looks really stupid and funny and I'm definitely going to watch it. Like I'm, because it looks really good, but I'm going to have to go with for the for the sake of the podcast. And how much to talk about? I'm gonna to have to go with Fantastic Mr. Fox just because it's an absolute classic. And the fact that you haven't seen it is 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 dreadful because it's really I really like it. <laughs> no worries, good stuff. So this week we will be watching Fantastic Mr. Fox. Indeed. That is fab. Um, now, for those of you listening in, thinking, ah, well, Andrew, well, I didn't have a chance to uh, submit a nomination last week, but this week I've got my keyboard at the ready, and I can't wait to start typing. Um, for week eight, what are we looking for, Charlie? Do you know? Uh, do you have that in front of you? I do. It's another cheery theme set during a historic war. So lots of right. fun, lots oh, of parties. I'm going to have to really enjoy. Uh, I'm going to have to really milk yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox for all the all the humour it's got, knowing Indeed. that there's another war movie on the way. So set during an historic war. Mm-hmm. War movies, is that your thing? Have you watched many war movies? Um, not really, actually. Not, not, I can't tell you the last... I've, I mean, I've watched war movies, but I can't tell you the last one I watched. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of good ones out there, though, that I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, I mean, 19, 1917, I haven't seen. I don't, I don't think that's on... I mean, we'll have to see, but I mean, I, that's... Um, it is brilliant, yeah. though. It is such a good Have film. you seen it? Yeah, I went to oh, see it. Nice. I was really excited well, I mean, to see that. I wouldn't mind... Um, popping in the cash for that one because from what I've heard, that's very good. But um, oh. but no, there's a lot of good ones for for the for that topic. So we'll see. Yes, we will. We will indeed. I'll put that uh, out on Twitter. I'll put it out on Facebook. Please um, right. let us know any nominations you have. Uh, you can tweet us at Take Two Movies um, and let us know your thoughts. Alternatively, get in touch on my Facebook page or on LinkedIn when we post uh, this podcast and we'll see what people uh, suggest. Um, mm-hmm. Charlie, I can only assume that you're now going off to watch uh, Gun City 2. Uh, oh, the I'm so excited. 
I'm so excited. <laughs> if actually, here's the catch. Gun City 2, Mustache Man number 5. Yeah. There's an extra Dude. Mustache Man. He's in it. <laughs> guess what? Guess what's going to happen? Halfway through, he's going to betray everyone. But there's so little dialogue that you don't actually find out that that happens. It's just through looks. One star. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, and... There's going to be a Spanish director somewhere <laughs> shaking his fist with anger. Thinking, you don't know, you don't know what we have to go through. It took me six months to get the uh, Sagrada Familia half built uh, on screen. I thought you were going to say six months to let his moustache grow in. Yeah, well, that was also a, a feat, a grand feat of architecture as well. Well, mate, thank you once again. That was uh, good fun. We will, uh, we will speak again next week after Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes, indeed. All right, then. Thank you again. Take care, mate. Bye.